You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. Welcome back to season six of Digital State of Mind. Crazy. I feel this is season six, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think this is season six. I'm getting to that point where I can't keep up. Um, I say this every single season, but I'm always like, I can't believe we're already entering this number of season. It's really crazy. And I have seen some of you reposting literally just within the last few days that you have watched all of the podcast or listened to all of the podcast episodes and have binged it or are currently listening. And that's so cool and exciting for me to be able to see. So I'm excited for all of you who have finished the podcast to be able to dive into a new season. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to talk about at the end of this what this season is going to be about because it is a little bit different than we normally do things. It's a bit of a themed season. So we'll chat about that. I'm going to first start off with some updates. This is our opener episode. It's going to be more casual, probably a little bit shorter. Um, I feel like every time I say that, though, it ends up being long. So actually, this is going to be a long one and then maybe it'll end up being shorter. But yeah, I'm just going to update on some things that have been happening. I feel like there's a lot of exciting things going on in my life right now, like some, well, a lot of them, not even related to business necessarily, but are kind of inadvertently related to business. So I'm excited to talk about some of those. Last time I recorded or the last episode of season five released on May 29th. So we are almost officially, well, when you're listening to this, we will definitely be over two months since the last episode released. And I was looking back at my calendar and there has been a lot of stuff that's happened between then. Um, But it's also weird because I feel like that time has just completely flown by. I actually feel like that about the entire year. I can't believe we're about to be in August. And I am so hot (laughs) here in South Carolina. I just want fall to be here. Fall and winter is my are my favorite seasons by far. It gets so freaking hot here in South Carolina. I'm at the very south end of the state, basically as far south as you can be near an island. We're like 15 minutes away from the ocean and it just gets so freaking hot and humid here and it's rough. But for some reason, I do feel like I'm dealing with it a bit better this year than um, I have in the past. I'm not sure exactly why, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't been outside as much or something. I don't know what it is, but even in general, just outside of the heat, I just love fall and being cozy and it being chilly outside and fall candles and being able to eat on the porch, just all of that. It's my favorite. Also fashion. I don't know if anybody else feels this way or relates to this, but I feel like I've 
I always struggle so much more getting dressed in whenever it's hot outside than I do whenever it's like even just moderate temperatures or like in the 60s, 50s. I feel like 50s is my favorite, but I just love layering and flannels and all of that. I don't know what it is about the summer. Like I don't want to get dressed up cute because I feel like I'm just going to get so sweaty and things are going to stick to me. So I feel like I end up wearing the same thing over and over again like lately I've been wearing the airy tennis skirts that have like the shorts built in that are super thin those are my favorite tennis skirts ever they're so comfortable they have the shorts built in and the shorts don't like dig into your thighs like a bunch of skirts do that have shorts built into it um so I've been basically wearing those and a tank top or t-shirt on repeat and then also American Eagle has these um, like lounge shorts that are high-waisted and they're so so cute and comfortable so I've basically been living in those I'm wearing them right now but I can't wait to uh, I don't I also kind of feel like I don't even know what my fashion <laughs> style is I feel like a lot of people kind of get to this point in their like mid-20s I'm 26 so I feel like a lot of people start struggling with kind of transitioning from like wearing clothes that you would wear in your younger 20s or like late teens and then you're in this phase where you're like okay I'm getting a little bit older and I feel like my fashion is changing and I don't necessarily want to wear what I wore when I was like 20 but what does that look like I don't know I kind of still just wear what I wore when I was 20 <laughs> but I feel like I have so many things in my closet that I just never wear I need to do like a massive purge but I'm always like it's weird because I don't feel like I have a problem getting rid of things but I, with clothes specifically, I'm always like, well, I might wear them one day, blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, I just need to maybe just do a capsule wardrobe. That might be my best bet in life, but that's a lot of effort going into that and sourcing of items that will be in said capsule wardrobe. So that's a problem for another day. So since the last episode of season five I don't think I don't know if I even talked about this in that episode I might have I things kind of start running together when I've talked for hours straight into a microphone so many times but um, I went to VidCon in June for the second time so I went last year that was my first time and then I got invited back this year with Kajabi which is a course hosting platform that's what I use for DCA um, my guides, we use it for Fluent University, the Digital Millennials Masterclass. I love Kajabi. But yeah, I got invited to come to VidCon to speak on a panel with Kajabi's CEO and a couple of really other amazing creators, business owners. And we were talking about AI, how to use AI as a creator or a business owner and how to avoid burnout and specifically how those two related to each other. That was a really, really fun experience. I, last year, I was so, so terrified of this. That was my first time ever public speaking in this capacity. And it's so much different. You know, I've been on um, classes on online where I'm teaching thousands of people at one time. There's thousands of people watching me or like webinars. And that doesn't phase me at all. When it comes to being in a room of like, 300 to 400 people, which I think is how many were there last year. That is so terrifying to me. So yeah, last year was very, very nerve wracking. I was so proud of myself for doing it. And I was, you know, 
something I said based off of that was like as soon as I got the invite to do it and I realized how scared I was, that was a huge indicator to me of the fact that it was something that I needed to do. And I think that that concept is so applicable to so many things in your in your life and in your business, whether you've started a business already, whether you are thinking about starting a business. I think that there's obviously there's a nuance to that. Like if, you know, jumping in front of a bus terrifies you, don't do it, obviously. But when it comes to things like this that you know are a matter of growth and opportunity and networking and, you know, so on and so forth, that fear is basically a huge indicator that this is an opportunity or a situation that's going to lead you to become a better version of yourself. And I really feel like it did. And this year going into it, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I still was really scared, Um, especially considering this room was like over double the size of the one last year. And it was packed pretty much, which was really cool and really exciting. Um, There was a lot of like audience engagement and audience questions and feedback, which was really cool. I loved that aspect of it, just being able to kind of interact with people more. And it was more so a conversation rather than us on the panel just being asked questions. It was more of a conversation amongst all of us, which I really enjoyed. So that was a fun experience. Um, We... I feel like our California trips always blur together. My husband came with me and last year that was both of our first times. Wait, no. My first time in California was whenever we went for a team retreat and we went to Palm Springs. Um, But that was my husband's first time in California last year. It's so funny that I've only gone for work-related things and that probably would have stayed the case for a while. Um, I don't know. It's just never like... I. It really have enjoyed California when I've gone. Granted, we've kind of just stayed around the LA area and like Long Beach, Anaheim, Palm Springs, those types of places. But California was never really a place that I've been like, ah, I want to go to there. It's also a pretty big travel for us because our airport that we fly out of doesn't have great flights. So we always end up having a layover and it's usually just a ton of traveling. And for us, we're like, we would kind of rather just like go to England for because this the travel time isn't that much different, which is funny. But um, I really want to go to like Montana and that area. I also really want to go to Washington. So we'll see. Those are those are trips that will come later. But we ended up going to Knott's Berry Farm one of the days that we were there. We have, we live so close to Florida and we obviously have Universal and Disney there. So we never go whenever we're in California. Um, But we did go to Knott's Berry Farm, which is an amusement park. And it was actually so fun and it wasn't that crowded. And it was just very, very cute and clean and not super long lines. So we really enjoyed that. Um, We went to Long Beach, I think, went to some comedy shows. We always go to comedy shows whenever we're out there. But yeah, overall, it was a really, really fun trip, a great time with VidCon and Kajabi. I hope I get to go back next year. That would be amazing. Um, So let's see, what else has happened? Outside of that, we haven't really taken any trips. I went up to North Carolina to see my family, but no other major trips outside of that. I feel like we have just traveled so much within the past couple of years And we have more trips planned upcoming that I am just really enjoying 
being home for right now and being able to focus on work because I always feel like I have so much to catch up on whenever I get back in from being out of town and I just kind of feel all over the place. So I'm really enjoying just chilling out here at home, working on my business, working on the house, being having like an actual schedule and routine that has felt really nice, which kind of leads me into my next updates. So I mentioned, I think this was in like a way back episode. I mean, I guess it wasn't way back, but I believe this was in season four, maybe, of A Digital State of Mind. I was talking about my goals for 2023. I actually want to go back and listen to that and just kind of refresh my brain on what I was talking about. But I know that two of those goals, one of those was to read 50 books this year and another one was to improve my health because I feel like I had just put that on the wayside for so long. Also, if you hear weird noises, it's because somebody, one of our neighbors is like cutting metal or something outside of their house. Of course, always, always happens when I'm recording things. But anyway, I feel like that had just fallen to the wayside because I had had my head down for so long in business and work and was just so busy and traveling and moving and all of these things. And I had had some like some habits that were building up that were not good for me. I was drinking a lot. I wasn't really paying much attention to what I was eating. I had not been working out consistently in any way. I was staying up so, 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 so late. And uh, yeah, I just overall pretty much felt bad (laughs) and knew that my health was not where it was at a few years ago. And that's not something that I want to sacrifice, especially as I'm getting up there in age. I mean, obviously 26 is not old, but especially for, you know, women, it's hard once you start getting into your late 20s, it's harder to stay on top of your health and it's harder to stay fit. Um, At least, I don't know, that's what they tell us. But I have definitely seen like changes in my body and my health since I've got hit like 25, I would say, or maybe 24 and a half. So that was just something that I really wanted to uh, prioritize this year. And funny enough, I feel like I actually didn't fully start working on my resolutions for 2023 until like nearly halfway into 2023. Um, so let's talk through some of that. So the ACOTAR series <laughs> is what reignited, oh, by the way, we're talking about books now. Um, the ACOTAR series is what really ignited my passion for reading again. I kind of read on and off. I would read when I was on the plane, things like that, but I was not consistently reading for the past few years by any means. The Akatar series just sucked me right back in. I was like, okay, here we go. So I started those at like the end of 2022, finished them in all of them in like a month, which is crazy because some of those books are thick. Um, And then I kind of took a pause. I read The Silent Patient. Uh, That was like whatever to me. I read the Jeanette McCurdy book. I'm glad my mom died. That was good. Um, And then I, again, kind of took a pause and I restarted in May. So since May, I have read like 30 books, (laughs) which is very crazy to me. That is a lot of freaking books. Um, And that's, like I said, all been since May. So my total of books that I've read for this year is 32, 
out of 50. So I'm four books ahead of schedule. Um, it would be significantly higher than that because I was averaging about like a book every one to three days. But I am currently reading a book that is taking me a little while to get through. But that's by design. I'm intentionally doing that. And I'm going to actually talk about that book in a little bit. But um, I think I'm definitely going to end up surpassing 50 books. I have just been on a roll. I'm tracking all of that in on the Goodreads app. If you want to follow me on there to see what I'm reading and all of those things. Um, I don't even know what my username is on here. I'm trying to find it. But I, if you just search Jessica Hawks, it should come up. I also occasionally link it on my stories as well. But yeah, I've been reading a bunch of like dark romance. I've been reading a bunch of thrillers, mystery books. Um, let's see. I'm going to I'm gonna mention some of my favorite ones that I've read so far. And you can go look at my reviews for them on Goodreads if you want to uh, learn more. Because I'm not going to talk through all of that. But the Ravenhood series by Kate Stewart. I loved those so much. They're so good. The books, books by Penelope Douglas, um, Credence, I loved that one. It's a little bit of a crazy book, but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed a lot of her books. Fourth Wing, of course, Book Talk is freaking out about Fourth Wing. Um, the Haunting Adeline duo books by H.D. Carlton, all-time favorite dark romance books I've ever read and I haven't read that many because I just started reading them this year but I think they will for a very long time go down as my favorite if not one of my favorites if something else by chance overtakes that I read a bunch of books by Frida McFadden those are thriller books and then I've really gotten into reading Lucinda Berry's books most recently my favorite one from her is Saving Noah um, she has, she's kind of known for, she's actually, if I'm not mistaken, a psychologist and she's known for writing books that have really intense plot twists or really intense storylines in general. Saving Noah, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Again, you just have to look at some of the reviews for it, but I was bawling. The only other book that has ever made me cry was one of the, like, I read A Little Life and I didn't even cry, but one of the Akatar books, um, I can't even mention which scene it is, but it's like a pair of father scenes all in anything, in movies, in books. Those always get me because I love my dad so much. So one of those in the Akatar series, one of those scenes made me tear up. But Saving Noah, I was bawling for like 20 minutes. It was so intense. So I've read like six of her books at this point. They're... Most of them are really good, really entertaining, quick reads. So that's where I'm at right now with my book situation. Again, follow me on Goodreads if you want to uh, keep up with that. I also love seeing what other people are reading and their reviews on things. It's just, it's a really fun little community on there. Okay, so next thing. Like I said, one of my goals was health. And so randomly at the beginning of June, I decided to... I think it was like June 6th, I decided to sign up for an Orange Theory class. I don't even know why. I don't, I think I maybe saw like a TikTok video and was like, oh, let me see if there's one near me. It's 30 minutes away, which is quite annoying, but it's fine. Um, so Orange Theory, 
Some of you have probably heard of it. Some of you probably go to it. It's basically, let me just look up the definition for it. So the technical definition of the concept of Orange Theory is that it's a one-hour full-body workout focused on training, endurance, strength, and or power. And they also use heart rate-based interval training. So you have the option to buy a heart rate monitor that you wear on your arm that tracks basically all of your analytics during your workout, what zones, like how much of your heart effort or your oxygen effort, whatever that you're using throughout the class, your calories, um, all of these different things like your distances on the rower, the treadmills, etc. Since then, I've gone to, I think today was my 22nd class. I was also out of town for like 11 days total during, you know, the last almost two months that I've been going or like seven weeks. And I freaking love it. I have tried so many different types of workouts in the past. I have done CrossFit. I've done regular yoga. I've done hot yoga. I have done like at-home Pilates. I have done running. I've done pure bar. I've done spin cycle. Um, Just going to a regular gym. I've done it all. I feel like I've done Zumba, like just a lot of stuff. And the only one I ever was able to consistently stick to was running. And outside of that, I haven't stuck to any type of workout like that. Even just going to the gym, like, it's okay, but it's just not my favorite. I think I eventually will start doing that more depending on what my goals are and kind of where I get with Orange Theory. But I have always been the type of person who works better Uh, Not necessarily works better in other areas, but like, (laughs) that sounds bad. I was going to say I work better in groups. And then I was like, not in other areas though, like work. No, that's... (laughs) Backtracking now. I'm like, I'm a terrible team player. Um, No, I do better in group exercises where I can motivate myself and push myself or like a coach is pushing me and I see other people going at it and I'm like okay I'm gonna go at it I'm naturally competitive in that way like against other people and against myself but I need that motivation there of of someone else guiding the class and knowing that like the coach is watching me and that there's other people around me that can see what I'm doing like that is what really pushes me to get the most out of a workout um and Orange Theory is really really amazing about that there's a lot of mixed reviews if you like go on um you know TikTok and look it up whatever there's people who love it there's people who really don't enjoy it or who have bad things to say about it I think that from like the bad things I've heard about it It seems like there's a lot of rhetoric around like, oh, I've seen people that have had like knee problems from doing this or I've seen people, you know, X, Y, and Z. But in my opinion, all of these types of workouts are kind of what you make of it. Like if you're doing a workout like this and you have really, really bad form, then yeah, you're probably going to have issues afterwards. But that's why you have a coach there. Um, Orange Theory is a little bit pricier. I think it's around like 180 a month for unlimited classes. But for me right now, I'm averaging going like five to six times a week. So it's it makes it very worth it. And I've already seen so many benefits from doing it. I also really love that the there's the coach aspect of it because they do like correct your form and really push you. And I love having that. So in addition to going to Orange Theory, I made the decision. So I started going to Orange Theory and I was like, 
super motivated and I was like, I really, really love this even though it's 30 minutes away and I was just getting really excited about it and being consistent with it. And I kind of spontaneously was like, you know what? I want to like stop drinking for a while and see also how that affects what I'm doing since I'm kind of making like more healthier decisions in general. So 17 days ago, so I'm on my 17th day right now, I kind of just spontaneously decided to stop drinking. (laughs) And I don't know that that's like, I have no parameters around it. I don't know how long I'm going to do it. I don't know, you know, whatever. I don't know. But right now I'm just not drinking at all. And I'm trying to not make it a thing. Um, because I think it is really weird that, that you have to like justify why you're not drinking. So my point, I'm talking about this because I'm sure there are other people out there who have like wanted to experiment with doing that. Um, I personally never really drank at all until I actually turned 21. Um, even when I was like at home and it was, you know, accessible to me, I just never enjoyed it. I still don't love like red wine, dark liquor, stuff like that. I hate beer. So I was never a person who enjoyed it regardless. So I just pretty much never drank until I was 21 from 21 to like recently I was drinking a lot like drinking a lot on the weekends and you know going on getting drinks with friends during the week etc and I think that's something like there's obviously factors in your life that can contribute to that um I know for a lot of people who are in like the corporate space it's you know oh I'm going to get a drink after work with my friends or I'm gonna go get wine before I get home um it's kind of unwind and then you drink a lot on the weekend and I'm not judging anyone who does that. I don't care. Like, do whatever you want. I obviously did that for a long time. And who knows? Well, maybe do that in the future. I don't know. But my point in saying that is um, that was kind of like I felt like there were things in my life that were leading or kind of setting me up to drink more, not in a way where I was like getting trapped, but just kind of, you know, being when you're working for yourself, you have so much freedom and flexibility with your schedule that it's super easy to like go to the pool on a random day and have some drinks or go out to eat more than you normally would in the like during the weekdays and have drinks then before you know it you're like dang I've drank like four or five days this week that when did that start happening and that was just kind of what I feel like it's almost like lifestyle creep in a way it's alcohol creep I feel like that was what was happening to me and I honestly had just started to kind of see some of the ramifications of that. Like I felt like over the years I was able to kind of handle it less and less and like I would feel worse and worse the next day, like on the weekend if I drank a lot. Um, And I was like not getting great sleep at all. I, for a while there, I was having really, really terrible like night night terrors and nightmares, which I've had those since I was like 15, but it was getting significantly worse to the point where I was just one, like multiple nights not sleeping and had to go to the doctor. Um, something that's really weird is that since I've started going to Orange Theory and since I haven't been drinking, I haven't had like pretty much any nightmares or night terrors at all, which is very crazy to me. Um, I don't know which one of those it's more directly linked to, but it's just an interesting thing that I observed. Um, anyways, my point in, like I said, bringing this up is that I know that there, I I had seen people doing like dry January and whatever. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to commit to that. I thought about also doing like 75 hard and that's no alcohol. And again, I was like, I don't know if I want to commit to that. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Like, see what happens with my body, see what happens with my energy and my, like, um, day-to-day mentality and mindset and how I'm feeling, how I'm sleeping. And I know that there's probably a lot of other people out there who are have kind of thought about trying it too, like maybe for a month or, you know, whatever, only on the weekends. There's a bunch of different, you know, ways that you can do something like that that are kind of nervous to do it whether that's because you're nervous about like what your friends or family will think obviously it's super annoying if you have people around you who are like pushing you to drink that would definitely make your situation way harder um and it's not necessarily I think that a lot of people kind of feel like oh I have to be like uh, a quote-unquote alcoholic in order to you know, say I'm not going to drink or like if I stop drinking for a month, people are going to think that I have a problem or that there's something deeper that I'm not telling them. And I think that that's a really weird stigma that we've kind of cultivated in society. And this kind of brings me back to what I was mentioning earlier about the book that I'm currently reading. It's called The Naked Mind. Let me see who the author is. The author is Annie Grace. Um, It's called The Naked Mind, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, and Change Your Life. And it's basically a a study on alcohol, the psychology behind alcohol, and just kind of like telling you facts about it and talking about how ingrained it is in our culture, which I think is a very, very interesting conversation in general. One of my favorite quotes from the book is that alcohol is the only drug you have to justify not using. And even like way before when I never gave a thought to my drinking, I always thought it was interesting how pushed on us as a society it is in general, despite us knowing the ramifications that come from it. Because regardless, like even when I was drinking a lot or even if I decide to, you know, start drinking again in a couple of months, you can't ignore like all of the actual facts that there are out there about it, about the way that it affects your health. And obviously that varies, you know, between like if you're having one or two drinks a week or you're having like 10 to 12 drinks a week, there's obviously a big difference in those types of situations. But um, this book was just, it's very, very eye-opening to me and I've been kind of taking it slower. So I've been reading like one to three chapters a day. Um, which is what's been kind of holding me back from growing my uh, books that I've read this year list. But it's a really, really interesting book. If any of you are kind of just curious about learning more about that, or maybe you've wanted to like try a month of no drinking and see what happens. There's also, obviously, I've seen so many posts on TikTok about the Andrew Huberman podcast episode about alcohol. I actually listened to it um, like a, a while ago. I think it was last year. And that was interesting, but I re-listened to it um, a couple of days ago, and it's it's also a very, very interesting podcast episode. But again, this all of this information I'm saying right now is with no judgment uh, or me encouraging you either way. This is obviously a personal decision for every single person, but I just thought it was uh, it's something interesting that I've personally wanted to explore for a while, and um So with that, I will say it definitely was, I actually like a few days after I decided I wasn't drinking anymore, I went out to like a bar with my friends and basically conducted my weekend as I normally would. But I definitely noticed and, and I thought that would be a lot harder than it was, but I was just having like club soda with cranberry and lime and 
it was totally fine. Like who wouldn't, who would have thunk you could have fun without alcohol? Um, no, but it, it was completely fine. And it was interesting because I started noticing like I was wanted to go home at a reasonable time instead of being like, yeah, let's keep going all night. Um, and I think that that is just kind of a like one part of the collective habits that I've started to pick up since I started doing Orange Orange Theory and stopped drinking for a while. I've started to notice like a lot of these mostly stemmed from when I since I first started Orange Theory, I started noticing that I was way more cognizant of like my nutrition choices and you know what I was um choosing to put in my body I also was way more aware of like how much protein I was getting because that was never something I was aware of before and I'm sure that I was not getting enough protein to really be able to sustain my body I personally struggle to eat protein so much not because of like the fat not because I don't like the foods it's in or anything but just the amount you have to get per day is so much and for me I usually only eat like two actual meals a day that's just kind of how I've always I've been for a while um and then we'll have like a couple of snacks here and there so it's even harder to get the protein in with that so I've been more conscious about like having protein shakes and making sure that I'm trying to eat high protein meals which I think has been really helpful for me um another benefit that I've seen is I sleep so much better um I this one was actually I will say I still wake up tired I think I'm convinced that I just hate mornings in general. Like once I'm up, I'm fine, but I have the hardest time getting out of my freaking bed. Um, But I've kind of been slowly like getting up earlier and earlier and that's really been helping me. But I do just love staying up late. Nighttime is my favorite. So that's that's something that's difficult for me. But I wanted to share this because I found this really, really interesting. So I have the Aura ring, if anyone is familiar with that. It's a ring that you wear on your, like, usually index finger or middle finger that tracks your sleep, it tracks your steps during the day, it tracks your heart rate, it tracks your cycle, um, what else? It just tracks, like, a bunch of different things, how much deep sleep you got, how much REM sleep you got, how much light sleep you got, and um, it's really, really cool. I've had it for probably, like over a year and a half now and I absolutely love it I wear it all the time but I was looking because I was curious the other day I was like I wonder if my heart rate has changed at all because at one point I did start to notice that like on the nights that I drank no matter how much it was my heart rate was significantly higher when I was sleeping and like pretty much the entire day the next day which was something that really put in that is like I feel like when you can tangibly see the effects of something that's like oh that's weird so I had noticed that before so I think this was like yesterday or the day before I was like oh I want to check and see if that's changed at all since I've started going to Orange Theory and specifically since I have stopped drinking and so I looked at a Saturday when I was drinking I surely drank the night before and my sleeping range for my heart rate was 73 to 92 beats per minute so my heart rate got up to 92 beats per minute which is a lot for sleeping and my daytime average was my lowest was 89 which is again that's pretty freaking high then eight days later so after I had stopped drinking alcohol my sleeping range was from 57 to 67 so obviously 
a way lower range. So on the night that I, you know, had drank, there was a 20 beat per minute range. On the night that I, you know, after I had stopped drinking alcohol, there was only a 10 beat per minute range. And it was significantly lower, 57 to 67. This one shocked me. My daytime average was 66 beats per minute, 23 less than when I was drinking which is just so wild to me. And I was looking and this was kind of like pretty much like consistently how it looked when comparing those two data points. So that was very, very fascinating to me. And it also like made me proud because I felt like I could see the actual like effects of working out more and, you know, making more mindful choices and not having alcohol for right now. So that was something that was really cool that I noticed. Um, I also have noticed that I'm a lot more like I'm, my mood is a lot more stable. So I'm the type of person who like I have like suit. I have I can I tend to have very intense moods either way. Like I will be either be super irritable or I will be super inspired and super happy and super energetic. I can really kind of go between like highs and lows. I feel like my mood has stabilized so much over the past like month and a half. And in general, I am just like more level headed. I am, my mood is more like streamlined throughout the day versus having those like big pikes of emotions and just happier overall. I feel like I am not as easily agitated. I feel like I'm able to problem solve or kind of work through difficult situations and, um, kind of monitor my mood and or I sort of regulate my emotions a lot better so that's a really cool benefit that I've seen let's see I also feel like my habits in general I've been sticking to habits which I think is always I think habits are so so important and I really had not been doing well at those but I've really been trying to start habit stacking like consistently working out consistently eating well making sure that I have a protein shake making sure I'm doing my skincare twice a day making sure that I'm reading every day um I just feel like it's been a lot easier for me to be able to focus on building those habits habits and staying consistent with them. So, so many benefits. Um, obviously, being active and working out is going to help you in general. I <laughs> don't know why I got out of it for so long because I'm like remembering the days of when I was running and was just like also experiencing all of these benefits and in the best shape of my life. I've also noticed my endurance has gotten a lot better since I started Orange Theory. Like I'm able to lift heavier weights now. I'm able to run for longer or jog for longer. Um, I think that my, uh, yeah, my endurance and strength has definitely improved. Okay. With all of that being said, <laughs> I knew that this was going to end up, <laughs> we're almost 40 minutes in. With all of that being said, um, so we just wrapped up round 11 of DCA a couple weeks ago, which is so wild. Every single round, it's going to be crazy when we hit 20.0. That will be a very interesting day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we have DCA at 12.0 starting very, very soon in August. I'm actually in the middle of revamping DCA right now, which I am so excited about because I think that it is just going to make it like so much better and really help you 
have a more streamlined process, streamlined process in getting clients and also understanding like the core concepts of building your business and how to adjust those based off of what's happening in the online climate around you. Because we've seen kind of a significant change in the way people buy marketing, like what content people respond to over the last really like year, year and a half, even I would even say like two years Um, and marketing, all of those things change very, very often. And one of the biggest things that I think is so important to learn in your business is the core and the core concepts so that you can take those and adjust them no matter what is happening versus learning like a very um, kind of surface level way to do something that six months from now may be outdated. So that's kind of the direction that I'm taking this round of DCA 12.0. I have had so many ideas pop into my head and uh, quite a few new things that we are integrating into this round that I think is going to help with student success so much. And I just can't wait. I'm actually going to be working on some of that revamping after I finish recording this. But yeah, it's going to be a really great round. I have had so many of you asking me questions about DCA recently, and I've seen some of you applying for DCA, and I'm super excited to see you guys in there. I This is technically the last like full round of DCA for 2023. Our next round starts pretty much at the very, very end of it. So if you are wanting to start, if that was one of your goals for 2023 was to start your business, now is the time to take advantage of that and really go for your goal because we're already basically in August and the end of the year is going to be here before we know it. I know that the holiday season ends up getting really busy for everyone. So this is really the perfect time to be able to dive headfirst into your business and have literally a completely new life before the holiday season ends and the year is over. So with that being said, what is a season of digital state of mind going to look like. So this one's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be so much talking about a bunch of random topics. There's going to be kind of a theme to it. And the theme of that is going to be appealing to very new service providers who potentially haven't even started their business yet or are in the very, very, very beginning stages of it. And it's also going to be appealing to people who have started their business and are starting to kind of refine things or become interested in topics like starting a team or sorry, building out a team or um, feeling like they need a business revamp. We're going to dive into those topics, but we're going to be talking about a lot of the concepts that really hold people back from starting a business online. Things like, you know, um, overcoming posting online, feeling like you don't have the experience, how to stay consistent on platforms, those concepts that are really important and I think will be super helpful for you, whether you have started your business or you're thinking about starting your business. So that's going to kind of be the theme of this season and maybe a little more, a few more episodes than normal. We, of course, are going to bring back the anonymous question form, anonymous feedback, um, anonymous rant form, whatever you want to call it. That is always, that episode is always, always a hit and we get some really, really fun questions or situations that people want my advice on and I've loved doing those episodes so of course we're going to be breaking up the season with the anonymous episode with all of that being said I'm excited can't wait to dive into this season it's going to be a fun one and I'm 
Excited to bring all of you who have already finished all the other episodes some new content to listen to while you do your work or drive in the car or work out, whatever it is. If you have any questions about anything that I mentioned, because I know we kind of covered a bunch of random things in this episode. If you have any questions about anything, of course, always just DM me on Instagram. If you have any requests for anything you would like included in this season of DSOM, also DM me on Instagram. And if you are feeling extra kind, I would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. It means the world to me. All right. With that being said, I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the Digital State of Mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? <laughs> talk to you next time.